Hi, I'm Serena Lowe. If you're used to hearing that introverts are shy, anxious, antisocial, and lack good communication and leadership skills, then this podcast is for you. You're about to fall in love with the calm, introspective, and profound person that you are. Discover what's fun, unique, and powerful about being an introvert, and how to make the elegant transition from quiet achiever to quiet warrior in your life and work, anytime you want, in more ways than you imagined possible. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Episode 6 of the Quiet Warrior Podcast with me, Serena Lowe, the Quiet Warrior Coach. Today we talk about a question that comes up a lot in conversations with fellow introverts, and this has to do with your introvert energy. How do you keep your energy high in situations that require you to speak up and make your presence felt? In other words, how do you activate and manage your energy when you need it? In professional and personal life, there are numerous occasions when we are expected to contribute by speaking up. Even though left to our own devices, we would be quite happy taking notes or just observing. It could be those few moments before the boss walks into the meeting, where some skillful small talk could help ease the awkwardness and lighten the mood in the group. It could be hosting or facilitating group discussions, delivering a presentation to senior management, attending workshops, conferences and networking events where we get to meet large groups of unfamiliar people. The challenge for introverts is when the situation you are in requires a larger-than-usual output of physical and mental energy at the start of the event and for the duration of the event. How do you maintain your energy, your mood, and your spirits for the next few hours, especially if the event goes on longer than expected? First, let's look at why introverts seem particularly affected by energy or a lack thereof. It might be that the task or activity is not something we naturally enjoy, for example, networking, making small talk, delivering a presentation in front of an audience, are not an introvert's natural preference for making connections. It is not that an introvert is antisocial or shy. We just prefer more intimate and meaningful connections, for example, one-on-one or in a small group of people, preferably people we know well or feel safe with or feel that we resonate with. It might be that we are feeling stressed or anxious or tired on the day, or we are hungry or dehydrated, so we are not at our best. It might be that we struggle with energy fluctuations, so the experience of putting ourselves out there becomes a roller coaster ride rather than a peaceful stroll from point A to point B. In general, introverts prefer listening, writing, and thinking to talking. Our reticence and reluctance to speak is due to our brains and nervous systems being wired differently. We are excellent listeners and observers who spend most of our time in our heads filtering, processing, and analyzing the information we receive from the environment. And then, when we are satisfied that we have arrived at a version that is good enough to contribute, that is polished and articulate and clear and balanced, and well-considered, then and only then do we say something. Also, we replenish our energy from being alone. So being around people, especially if it's a large group of people, 
actually makes us feel drained and depleted. Let's delve deeper into some of the causes that could inhibit an introvert's energy and the way we show up. The first is performance anxiety or being in the spotlight. Knowing that all eyes are on you as you speak or present can make your heart beat even faster. Your nervous system is in a state of heightened alert or even hypervigilance as you focus on getting through your presentation as quickly as possible without making mistakes. By the time you finish, you're exhausted, but you probably did a pretty good job if you say so yourself. Number two, pretending that you're okay when you're actually struggling to keep it together. There will be times in life when things not only don't go to plan, but veer so far off track that you're left bewildered and overwhelmed. You're doing your best to keep up appearances and retain as much normality as possible for yourself and your loved ones, while trying to resolve everything quietly and quickly so you can get on with life. You're trying to maintain privacy, preserve appearances, to not invite gossip or unsolicited concern, and to avoid awkward questions from well-meaning persons and persons with neutral or unclear intentions. So a question like, how's life? Or how have things been lately? Can cause you to overthink or overreact. Number three, having to talk about things you know little or care little about is hard work. If someone tries to engage me on the subject of sports, or home decorating, or growing vegetables, and if I don't care enough about these things, the conversation won't last long. And if you try too hard to please, or don't assert yourself and mention that you'd really rather talk about something else, thanks, or change the focus by asking the other person what they like doing, you'll find yourself drained and disconnected really fast. Number four, being with certain kinds of people can drain you too. People you don't like for some historical reason, or you just have a feeling about them. People whose energy clashes with yours, particularly if you are highly sensitive to others' energy and vibes. Loud, domineering, aggressive and intimidating types who take over the conversation, leaving you no room to speak or think. People who are constantly negative, constantly complaining, critical, self-pitying, and who love to gossip about others. An hour in such company can leave you exhausted. Number five. Even when you like the company, being around people for too long can wear you out. There comes a point where your social battery starts to run down and you know it's time to go. A word about introverts who are also highly sensitive persons. The phrase highly sensitive person was coined by Dr. Elaine Aaron, author of the groundbreaking book, The Highly Sensitive Person, How to Thrive When the World Overwhelms You. It was based on research done by her and her husband, Dr. Arthur Aaron, and was first published in 1996. If you're a highly sensitive person or have sensory processing sensitivity, you are someone who processes information more deeply, is easily overstimulated, has strong empathy and strong emotional reactions, and are more aware of subtleties. This makes you more easily affected when there is too much activity around you, too much noise, too many people, the lighting is too bright or too dim, your clothing is uncomfortable, and so on. 
Imagine that you're visiting an art exhibition by yourself, looking forward to enjoying some quality time alone. But when you get there, there's an event going on in the building with a lot of speeches, background music and crowds. So after an hour, your enjoyment has diminished considerably and you decide it's time to find a quieter place, far from the madding crowd. Maybe you'll go to the library instead. If you're a highly sensitive person, know that what seems normal or easy for someone else could take a lot out of you, so make provision accordingly. Saying goodbye, even for a short time, to a loved one, a beloved pet, or a place that has a special meaning to you, can result in physical and emotional exhaustion, just because you feel things so much more intensely. Being out or away from home for too many hours can also exhaust you. This happens to me a lot, even if I was looking forward to being out. I'm very much a creature of comfort. My favourite place is to be at home, dressed casually and comfortably, my favourite books, drinks and snacks within easy reach, the piano to tinkle on, a cat or two for company. At the same time, I love my trips into the city, when I can feel like a tourist exploring and have adventures on my own or with my introvert community. But only for a few hours, and then I've had enough and I'm ready to go home. I've noticed this with my fellow introverts too. At the 90-minute mark, sometimes someone comes up to me and says, in the nicest possible way, thank you for organizing this event, but I have to go home now. It's wonderful when we can assert healthy boundaries and advocate for our well-being without feeling like we owe anyone an apology for putting ourselves first. We've talked extensively on what could drain your energy, and possibly you know a few others that aren't mentioned here. Now let's flip the equation around and ask a different question. What are some things that energize you and make you temporarily forget your fears and anxiety? I asked this in my introvert community recently, and these were some of the answers. Spending time with people who energize you, inspire you, and lift your spirits. Being alone in nature. For instance, going for a long walk without any devices, so not even listening to a podcast, because that would distract and disconnect you from being present. Creating something just because you enjoy it and because it soothes you. Drawing, painting, making music, writing. Talking about a subject you love and are passionate about. In her book, Quiet Power, The Secret Strengths of Introverted Kids, Susan Cain shares this observation. Today, I regularly speak on stages before crowds of hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. I smile and move and gesticulate to make my points, and I speak with all the energy and passion in my soul. It may sound surprising to speak in front of a huge crowd about introversion, and I could see how someone watching me speak might assume I'm extroverted. I seem comfortable on stage. Sometimes I make people laugh, which feels great. But the reason I'm able to act this way is that I care deeply about what I'm saying. I'm passionate about quiet kids and adults, and the fact that we need to be recognized. Talking about it makes me light up. I agree with Susan so much. 
For me, anytime I'm being interviewed and I get to speak about personal development and what I'm learning on my journey, anytime I'm doing something brave and risky, but that's also purposeful, bringing people together, being a leader, facilitating conversation and connection in quiet and meaningful ways, helping someone become the best version of themselves and cheering their growth and transformation, singing karaoke, making music on the piano or writing. I get excited. My voice gets higher and I talk faster. My face flushes. My heart races. Sounds like the same symptoms as performance anxiety, doesn't it? Yes and no. This is me being excited and joyful and feeling alive and awake. To round out today's conversation, here are my top four tips for how to activate your quiet energy and stay switched on when you need it. Number one, manage your psychology by managing your self-talk. In his book, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, Shad Helmstetter shares an interesting statistic regarding negative programming. Did you know that in the first 18 years of your life, you were probably told no or what you could not do between 50,000 and 148,000 times? The number of yeses or being told what you could achieve in life are hugely outnumbered by the no's for most people. In fact, according to Shad, most people can't recall being told more than three or four times that they could achieve something in life. So as you go about your day, notice what you are saying to yourself about I can, I can't, why me? Comparing yourself unfavorably with someone else, making up stories about what you can and can't do, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what's possible, what's impossible. And ask yourself these questions. Is it true for you or is it someone else's truth? Is it valid based on what you've experienced and learned so far in life? Is your self-talk kind and helpful and a compassionate thing to say to someone else? If not, why would you say it to yourself? Number two, manage your physiology. Are you incorporating enough movement into your day? Are you getting enough sunshine? Are you getting your heart rate up and boosting your happy hormones through physical activities you enjoy? Are you practicing taking up space and being comfortable in your own body? Are you releasing energy blockages and promoting circulation with breathing, meditation or prayer? Number three, manage your state moment to moment. It is humanly impossible to maintain a steady output of energy and focus at a high level of intensity for long, especially for an introvert and a highly sensitive person. So constant calibrating and recalibrating is a more workable strategy. When you catch your energy slipping, bring yourself back. When you need to emphasize a point, put in a little more. Know that you have all the time to rest and recharge with your favorite activities or non-activities after the event. So go all out and don't hold back. Number four, reconnect with why you're putting yourself out there and for whose benefit. Sometimes it's easier to advocate for others than for ourselves. Think of it this way. Someone out there could be waiting for you to speak because only you, with your unique combination of talents, 
skills, personality, and lived experience are capable of delivering what they need to hear in exactly the way they are able to receive and process it. I would love to hear which of these points resonated most with you today. Let me know on Instagram at Serena Lowe, Quiet Warrior Coach. Have a brilliant day and see you on the next episode. I'm so grateful that you're here today. If you found this content valuable, please share it on your social media channels and subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform. Together, we can help more introverts thrive. To receive more uplifting content like this, connect with me on Instagram at Serena Lowe, Quiet Warrior Coach. Thank you for sharing your time and your energy with me. See you on the next episode.